exalted in Jesus' name.
they know how to work in Kiasi. They have control and balance of all things. <coughs> they know where to eat and not where to eat. They know where to talk and where not to talk. They know where to shop and where not to shop. If they go shopping, they can shop, but they can say, I will not shop and they will still be fine. When it's time to eat, they can eat, but they can stay away from eating. When it's time to talk, they can talk, but they can speak and tell themselves, I will not speak here. They are never out of control in all things. They are not addicted and they are not in control of anything outside of them. They don't get overwhelmed by anger, they don't get overwhelmed by emotions, they don't get overwhelmed by anything. They are in control of themselves. The one who runs is temperate in all things. In all things, they are temperate. They know how to temper their desires, how to temper their, uh, their passions. They have been really in control. And then he says, uh, now they pray to obtain a fellowship of crowd. But we, when we perish the crown, is what we want to obtain when we see Jesus and we behold him face to face. Therefore, I run us, not with uncertainty. I don't run just to run. I don't show up in church just to show up. I don't pray just to pray. I don't live my life hoping good things happen. I run my life or I run. Or I live my life with a clear goal and what I want to obtain. He says, not with uncertainty. I'm not hoping something breaks my way. I'm not hoping that things go some certain way. I am not walking in uncertainty. He says, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. Not as one who beats the air. And then he says, but I discipline my body and bring it to subjection. I discipline my body. Some of your versions say, but I pass it. Or I put blows to my body. Or I make do my body to bring it to subjection. Lest when I preach to others, I myself may be disqualified. And so you say, I'm running this. This has nothing to do with death or heaven. It has nothing to do with heaven or hell. It has something to do with obtaining a crown. But I'm not serving God willingly. I'm not, this is not Bulls uh, Games. This is not uh, the Russian roulette. This is not a card game where it's a game of chance. He is saying, I have seen the crown. And I'm pursuing the crown. And therefore, I fight. I don't fight my brothers. I don't fight my sisters. I fight my own body. If the professional Bible says, I give blows to my body. I make my body blue with the blows to make sure my body is my slave. And so you say, I don't fight the air. We just move to a new neighborhood. And there's a lady there with a dog, and she she can't control the dog. And so the dog 
just bounce everywhere and sometimes she walks by our house and she will look at me and, and sometimes she's asking for mercy because this dog does what it wants. And she, one, one day she came and said, I don't know how to make a poor dog. I cannot control this dog. And so the dog pulls away I want, the dog barks whatever I want, the dog runs whatever I want, and at that point you have to ask who is the master and who is the slave. Now, what God is saying is that there is a struggle in us because the Spirit of the Lord is the one searching out your heart. And between you and your body, there is a fight for control. Who shall be the master and who shall be the slave? Who says when we sleep and when we eat? Who says what we eat and whether we pray? Do you pray when you are tired or do you pray when you are comfortable? Do you fast because you feel now you can handle it? Or do you say I am fasting whether it's comfortable or convenient or not? Who is the master of your life? And Paul says, I have seen the crowd. And I realize if I'm going to be running around, if I'm going to be running the Olympics, one of us, one myself of my body, must become the master for the same. And if I pray whenever I feel like it, if I pray when my body wants to pray, then my body has become the master. And he says, then if I run that, I will be disqualified. Not from heaven. But there is no pride. You are running, but you are running undisciplined. You are fighting, but you are undisciplined in what you are doing. There is, there is a, there is, there is a, an athletic activity we used to do. It was called walk. I don't know what they call it. We call it walk. Do you remember when you run, when you walk very fast? But not bend your knees. And so there are people who have various ways of doing it. Here they call it power walking. And what you will do, there are people who will find a way to squeeze in around here and there. And then if you run, there will be a teacher or one of the inventors who will inspect the races, they will come along you, hold your hand. They are not saying you are no longer a student, they are saying you cannot obtain a price in this race. Mm-hmm. And so Paul lives in this, in this concern. He lives in this concern that I can serve God my whole life, I can do many things, then when I get there, I find I do it in an undisciplined manner. I do not run the way I was supposed to run. People who box, when you do boxing, there is a way you can box. If you kick someone, you are not taken out. Sometimes you are penalized, but there is a place you can get when you actually disqualified from the race. We had a soccer school. People really like soccer, and it was a school that. Uh, they really like soccer. And so they would make some kids repeat over in high school so they could win games. And at some point they were caught and they were disqualified. We have 
needs a year. Uh, one of the schools here opened, they really did well in basketball, they went all the way to final four. But they were under investigation because they were saying that they had paid one of their athletes. And at some point, if that is discovered, they are disqualified even in what they thought they had won. And their records are wiped clean. And nobody acknowledges that they won anything. They don't stop being in school. It's just that they did not win anything in that time. And so, we want to work. This service is for ministers. It's for servants of God. And so you want to serve God in your body. You want to serve God in your life. And now as you are serving God, there is always the constant uh, in the back of your head, am I running right? Am I serving God right? Am I running this race right? And he says, I then beat my body. Because the only thing, the only thing that I have to be careful the only thing that I have to be careful with, if I'm going to obtain the crown, is not how many people I raise from the dead, it's not how many people I heal, it's not how many sermons I preach, it is whether I was a master of my own body, my body, whether it followed the spirit, or my spirit followed the body. Amen. So, the road, the road, two times in the life of Jesus, the road is it. The Bible says that Jesus went to the temple and he found that in the temple there were all kinds of things. The wife did not say that they had changed the temple into a place of money changes. They were doing business in the temple instead of worship. Now, you are doing what? Business. They have given the temple over for business and money making instead of worship. So Jesus says, the Bible says, he made a call. He made a call. And then he went and he beat out and he blew them out. And he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer or a house of worship. Remember, this body is a temple of rule. And so, your body is his house. Now, if Jesus was to walk in today and cleanse temples, which one do you think would be cleaning? This building on your body.
me, this is my work. The number one activity is to worship God. And the number one activity is to worship God should be the activity you give your body Many times we are in church but we are conducting businesses. Many times we are in church but we are healing people, we are treating patients, we are changing their diapers. Many times we are in church and we are still working your job. What I want you to do is while you are at work, changing diapers, you are still worshiping God. Amen. Amen. Not the other way around. Not you are in church and you are already closing your car and you are finding deals and all of those things. But when you are closing deals, you are already and always in the Lord. That your body, before anything else, is a place of worship. Whether you are clocking it, whether you are changing someone's diapers, at that moment you know this worship. My being a cashier is worship. My changing my children's diapers is worship. My talking to people on the road is worship. This and because I'm never outside my body, that means I am always in worship. The other example we spoke we spoke about spoken about it is fasting. Fasting. Whenever fasting is done, it opens your spirit to deal with things. The Bible says the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. And when you fast with the your body, you will not die. Today we are not here. Today we do not eat. Not because I have a big thing I need to do, not because there's a big prayer request, but to remind this body that you are not the boss of me. Today we are going to fast and to pray. And remember, it's not supposed to be fun. Prayer is not meant to be fun, it's a discipline, it's a wrong. You are taking against your body. Fasting is a wrong. You are taking against your body and telling your body submit, submit, submit. The other one is scripture. It is easier to watch CNN. It is easier to listen to uh, nation, nation media. It is easier to go on Facebook than hear of scripture. Scripture is not meant to be fun. But scripture. This is a way you get instruction that points to things in your life. When scripture is opening your heart, the Lord now uses that as a lamp to point to things in your life that you must deal with now with fasting, you must deal with now with prayer, you must deal with now with watching. Guess watching. That's the last one. Now we've talked about scripture because the Pharisees used scripture as their spoken word. They made scripture as an idol. But scripture, the Bible says in 1 Timothy, the first Timothy 3.16, that scripture is given, number one, for correction, for rebuke, for training in righteousness. It's a training tool. Scripture trains you. It trains you. You start gaining muscle whenever you are reading a scripture and it says you uh, must love enemies and you need to meditate on that and you're thinking, I must love my enemies, but this enemy, I can't love that one. I cannot love the other one. 
Whenever you are meditating on scripture, what it does, you begin to walk against the resistance. Whenever you are lifting weights, they say it's a resistance. You are doing uh, exercises that use the resistance. And you are lifting weights and you are building muscle. Whenever you begin to lift scripture and they begin to deal with you, you are lifting weights. It is an exercise. Scripture is an uh, exercise in discipline. In the inner person, it begins to purge, it begins to cleanse. Whenever you are lifting, if you go to the gym, the people who go to the gym, God bless them. The people who go to the gym and they lift weights. What they do medically, they actually break their muscles. They tear their muscles. And so you are supposed to lift weights and to run and do all those things until your body cannot take the pain anymore. And the moment your body cannot take the pain, they tell you lift one more weight. Because at that point, nitric acid is being poured into your muscles and the muscles are tearing apart. And when you go home and you drink the eggs, I said, God bless them. And you drink the eggs, those eggs, they rebuild your proteins and they build new muscles. The work of exercise is tearing the old muscles and putting in new ones. Whenever you are fasting, you are breaking part of you. You are breaking your spirit, man. And then when you go back to the world, you are building new muscles. So that the places you never thought you would go, you can now go because you are getting new muscles. You are getting new understanding. And Paul says, I go into the gym every day. Not because I got to preach more, but because I understand this thing can actually disqualify me from what I want to. And this thing is not me. This thing is a person of beginning. And so we have uh, prayer, we have fasting, we have scripture, and we have watches. Watches. Whenever we say, I will stay up and wait on God. I will stay up and pour my heart to God. I will stay up and seek God. I will stay up and listen to God. Whenever, and you do that all the time. You could be coming from work. Very, very tired. You go home and you find pastor take up as You're not going to go to sleep. All of a sudden, your sleep is gone and you stay up the whole night and you pass the now, if visitors, physical visitors, can make us say, remember when there was a wedding in London of the princes or the kings? People see that. Watch a wedding. People who are going to work. People stay out to watch a wedding. Even though they have worked the whole day, they are going to work the next day. People stay out. They tell their sleep no. They tell their body you cannot be tired right now. Sometimes they don't even take a coffee because of how much they are invested in what's going on. It's not the case where you will not be on the video tomorrow, but they want you the first ones to watch it. And so telling your body what to do is not a big thing. You do it all the time. You do it all the time. You know, there are times you're sitting and someone is preaching and you think you're a guy who's a father. 
Don't let us turn to Christ as some of them most tempted, 
equalitet to admission upon whom the end of the ages have come. Now, therefore, let him who thinks he stands take him that's before. As you see, that's funny. And when he told me he stopped running for two weeks, and when he went back to running, uh, it was not fun. Huh? Because he felt, I've been running for a year. I can take a break. So he took a break for two weeks. And when he was trying to go back, it was not fun. And so the one who thinks he stands must make sure that he is aware that he does not fall. And so you can run. You can run for 50 years. And then when you retire, when you can see the door of heaven there, you take a break. And when you take a break, you fall. That Moses did not mess up while they are in Egypt. He messed up while they had already walked around for him. David did not mess up while he was a young king running from Saul. He messed up in his old age while he could sit down and let other people do the work. Moses did not mess up when he was a young king. He messed up when everything was good and now he started obtaining money. People don't mess up in the beginning. They mess up when they feel they get tired and people need to come and bless them now. And so he says, be watchful. If you are running, run until you see Jesus. Don't run and take a break. Don't say, well, I've been fasting this week. I've been fasting for 21 days. I can go treat myself. I don't need to pray today. I don't need to fast this week. I can take up the Holy Scripture this week. He says, whenever you feel like you are standing, you must be very careful lest you fall. Lest you fall. Because you are in constant battle against your phone, and your will wants to take over. And so whenever you take up break for two weeks, there's a way you have been running for two years, your body develops what happens, and then you go to run, everything is against you. Your body has now become your master. And it just don't run anymore. It starts screaming and hollering at you. And so this discipline, lest he fall, let the one who thinks he stands. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. There is nothing new. All the temptations that have overtaken you are all over. All over. They are everywhere. And he says that God is faithful, we are not allowed to interpret you beyond what you are able. And so, imagine that Pastor Sitchin has been running, how many miles do you run? Or are you running? Seven. So, Pastor Sitchin has been running seven miles. And then, he takes a break. Once he takes a break, all of a sudden he wakes up and he wants to run seven miles, but he can only run two miles. So he runs two miles and he calls Pastor Flores. Ah, uh, you come and pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> now, the thing is, 
He said, why are you not picking up? Are you sick? He said, no, I'm not sick, but uh, I'm overwhelmed. I cannot run anymore. The thing is, the seven miles that was left for him, God knew he would take care of them. But because he took up with and became undisciplined, what has happened is that he has been overtaken by a temptation which God knew he could handle. You see, that Bible doesn't say you will not be overtaken by temptation. It says whatever temptation comes to you, God knew you could handle. That's the thing you want for. You get caught by the Son of God's soul. Seven miles, as Ezekiel was doing two weeks ago. And yet now, he is calling to be picked up as a tumor. It is not that God has given him seven miles that he could handle. It is that now, he has decided to take a break. He thought he was so good he could stand. And then he fell. But now, this week, he would not allow you to be tempted. You know what you can handle. But just because you, you can handle, that doesn't mean you will handle it. So people, they ask themselves, so why did I fall? If God kept giving me temptation that I can't handle, so why did I fall? Did God lie? No, he didn't lie. He knew you can handle certain man. But then he told you, keep running. And you woke up on Wednesday, and you felt so good, you looked at yourself in the mirror, and you looked at, ah, I've lost a lot of weight. Let's, let me get myself a break today. Let me get a tub of ice cream. Let me get a big burger. And let me enjoy myself. But God knew there is seven months coming next week. And He knows you can handle it. He has created you to run seven months. But then this week, if you look at your life, there is a pattern that emerges. There is a pattern that emerges in your life. If you look at it very well, it is almost as if when you are fasting, bad things happen. And then when you stop fasting, you find good things that happen in the great world and victory. And you think, maybe I should stop fasting. What happened? <laughs> what happened is when you are fasting, you are working for those victories. <laughs> and then when you start walking into those victories, you take a break. Then, bad things start happening and you start fasting. And so bad things are happening when you are fasting. And you are thinking, is it? Can't be worse when I'm fasting. No, it's because you have been eating over here. It's almost like saying, let me stop praying. I, I have the one messing with the devil, and the devil is messing back with me. If I had not prayed, that would have happened. No, it is prayer without ceasing. Don't take breaks. So that even when you're praying here, you'll be enjoying the victories of the last week's prayer. Amen? And when you are fighting battles here, you will fight them not because you ran this morning, you will fight them because of the run last week. If you are going to run a marathon and God knows there is a temptation waiting for you there, you will not win that temptation that You will win that temptation last week because you woke up and ran and there was no temptation. You read scripture, there was no temptation. You stayed up and watched and waited on God, you fasted, you prayed, you read scripture, so that when this comes, you don't need to open the Bible, you already have the beautiful
matters for last time. Amen? Amen. So there is no temptation that comes to you and to us that should overwhelm us. He knows. There's so many that he says, but we the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And that kind of a Come in 
things wrong. And clear the temple. Clear the temple. Because the temple was actually uh, the measure of their victories against their enemies. The condition of the temple was actually, there was a direct relationship between how the temple looked and how they would overcome. Whether the temple was in order, whether the, 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 the ark of the covenant was in the right place, the temple, if you looked at the temple, you would know what would happen in the field. If you could see where the ark of the covenant was, if you knew that the sacrifice had been made and the presence of God was in, in, in the temple, then you would know that they would overcome the enemies. But when the temple was in disarray and the ark of the covenant had gone, they knew. Doesn't matter how many they had in the army, they would be defeated. Your body is important in this equation. Your body is important in this equation. How you handle your vessel, how you handle your members, how you handle your body is important in the race and the fight of your fighting. Now,
strength.